embarking on this new journey on devoted. We're, we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 1. Good morning, everyone. My name is David Campo. That's my beautiful wife, Christina, right there. We are the community pastors for uh, our Cobb community. And so it's so good to be with you. Uh, it's always a pleasure as well as my daughter, my daughter-in-law, my son are here with us, man. And so I'm excited. Are you excited to be here this morning? Man, I, I, we, we always love just coming to Liberty Hill because it just reminds us of just a beautiful church. You guys are so wonderful and welcoming, and it's always a pleasure to be here. But like I, so like I said, so we're, we're getting into First Peter this morning, and I just kind of want to introduce you to Peter once again, right? And so if you're thinking of Peter, the guy that was with Jesus, I don't know if you guys have seen The Chosen or not. It's a, it's a great depiction of, of, of Christ and the, that journey, his, his ministry, his life, his ministry, those three years. Um, yeah, Peter's that guy. You know, he's the, the presumably the first words that Jesus ever spoke to Peter were, come follow me. And on, on the other end of that spectrum, uh, his last words that, that we, we see in, in John 21, 22 are, you must follow me. And so in between those two phrases that Jesus spoke to Peter, there's a few things that happened in there. Because, well, you know, first off, you know, and some of those things that happened, you know, there were, they were some good things that Peter did and you know, maybe some not so good things that, that Peter did. If some of you know his life story, you're like, yeah, yeah, there were a few not so good things. Well, the one of the things that he did that were good were, you know, he said yes to the call of Christ. When, when God said to him, when Jesus came and he said, hey, come follow me, he left everything he, he had, left everything and turned and followed. That's a pretty convincing statement. I wonder how, how the Lord said it for him to, to agree. But obviously we know that there were some conversations that he actually had with his brother previously. Um, and so there, there were, there's, these, there's these things that happened. He said, he said yes, left everything to follow Jesus. Um, and, you know, we experienced Peter in the gospel. And we see that, that he, was, he was a bit brash. Right? He, Peter, Peter was the guy that, that spoke before ever thinking about it. You know, a thought came to his mind. He was just going to say it. <laughs> and, so, and so he had a knack for putting his foot in his mouth quite often. Um, but that, that, that was Peter. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he was a leader. There was something that God saw inside him. Jesus saw something in him and so he called him. And so he was a leader amongst the disciples. Um, uh, later on, in, later on in, in, his, in his life, you know, he did cut a guy's ear off. Um, yeah, he did do that. You know, but Jesus fixed it. So it was okay. It was all good. You know, so a little bit of Peter, right? Um, he was the first to declare Jesus as the Son of God. He said, you are the Son of God, which is, a, which is an amazing thing. And Jesus actually told him, hey, you know what? You didn't, come up this with, you didn't come up with this on your own. It's actually something that the Spirit of God gave to you. Well, unfortunately, and actually in that same chapter, he says, get thee behind me, Satan. So, you know, had a, had a great mountaintops with really low valleys for Peter. For Peter. So doing good one minute, the very next minute, something comes to mind. Peter says it. He's like, oh, no, get behind me, Satan. So uh, that, was, that was a little bit of, of Peter. Um, and, and, yeah, you know, one of the, one of the most famous things that, that he did was, unfortunately, was he denied Jesus three times when, when, when the, in the heat of the moment. Uh, when everything was pressurized, he, he denied that he knew Jesus. He did it three times. But the beautiful thing about that, and I, can, I can't imagine what he was walking in in that time where Jesus, when he was crucified and he was in the tomb. I can imagine the feeling of guilt and shame, the, the heaviness that he was walking in. But there's a beautiful picture. Scripture doesn't leave him there, and Jesus didn't leave him there either. He, he restored him. He reconnected him and expanded that and he used him to expand and edify the, the early church. 
And after Pentecost, after Pentecost, he would have, he, Peter rebounded really well because after Pentecost, after the Spirit of God fell on that place and tongues of fire, we read in Scripture, Peter preached his, his first message and 3,000 people plus or minus came to know the Lord. That's pretty dang good, right? Right out of the bat, right? So those are just a few instances that, that we see in, in Scripture about Peter. And so, and so that's kind of who we're talking about this morning as we, as we delve into this next portion of our series as we go through chapter by chapter. So if you want to continue to read chapters 1 and 2 for this week and next week, you can definitely do that. Walk along with us and let's delve into the Word of God. Let's, exp- let's expound on it. Let's see what God wants to do and show us. So life, quite honestly, and, and, and honestly the Christian life, a life in Christ, at times it causes us to feel crushed right causes us sometimes to feel maybe a little bit a little bit devastated a little a little torn um it can it can leave us with this this obliterated hope that we have right? the, the the waves of of the feelings that that we get sometimes they they come they wash over us and and for some there there, there is a, a regularity in which those things wash over you right and then there it feels like you're being tossed to and from with be, between your emotions and the reality of what's happening in your life you know because because but but suffering that that life that sometimes that we we walk through right the, the, those moments that we walk through in life they they come in many different forms and they look different for each of us right there there are mental and social uh, or physical abuse hey welcome to church everybody we're jumping right in <laughs> so, but but this is just the reality of life that we live in i love what what god is doing this morning because like he even used paula to begin to declare some of his goodness of and some of what he is able to do and what he wants to do in our lives amen we, we don't have to live in a defeated state but the reality is we walk through valleys that's what david said even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death he's i will fear no evil i'm here but i don't have to fear evil right and so that's just a reality of the life that we live on this earth there there can you can be experienced experiencing maybe relational brokenness right feelings feelings of being ostracized you know maybe from from family from friends maybe from coworkers, or maybe even from church and you're, you're sitting here this morning and you're you're dealing with some some church hurt that that you've that you've experienced that has happened to you it's a real thing something that you're that you're carrying and but and the truth is all these things and 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 so much more so many other things that they, they they are forms of of just a little bit of of persecution and the pain that 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 can tempt us to quit that could tempt us to give up. I don't know how many guys that I've, I've spoken with, how many people that I've spoken with where, where in some time in their life, they gave their life to Christ. So man, maybe sometimes, and, and I, I've, I mean, I've prayed about this a lot, and I, I feel guilty of it sometimes, and the Lord has kind of washed that away from me. But the reality is, like, we come and we paint this picture about who God is and the beauty of him, and that's all true. And we tell people that, man, if you come to God, everything is going to be great, and that's not true. <laughs> right that's that's not we're gonna read some scriptures here this morning like that's not what i heard the first time that that ain't the jesus that was described to me but but this is the reality of the life because because the bible does say in ephesians to put on the full armor of god and and, and that should be the indicator that if we're putting god is going to put on some armor that means that we're in a battle right we fight we're fighting something 
And, and so, so sometimes those things that so as, as, as pastors or as people that as disciples of Christ, we are, we all are his disciples. We've all been called to bring the people out of darkness and into the light. Sometimes we paint this picture of, oh, Jesus is amazing. He's so awesome, which he is. And man, but then we say, oh, man, if you come to him, he's going to take care of everything. And he does. But that doesn't mean you, can't, you don't have to walk through some stuff. That doesn't mean you get to be, you, you get to be beamed out of life. There is a reality that we live in. And so many of these first century Christians, as we're, about, as we're going to read here, that the followers of Jesus Christ, they were suffering. They were being abused and, and persecuted for choosing to believe. Choosing to believe in Jesus Christ. They were turning away from Judaism and they were turning to this new reality, this new covenant that Jesus came and he established. And that's not, it wasn't just a claim that they were making. It wasn't just words that they were saying, but it was a lifestyle that they were beginning to live. And how many of you know that's the difference? You know, you can claim to know Jesus and love Jesus and be all for him. And, and it doesn't, and nobody will do anything to you. You, won't, you may not face any kind of persecution, but the moment you begin to live that life, that's when something starts to happen. That's when power starts to move. When we begin to live our lives. I said this a, a few weeks back when I was preaching. That was something that I, I love to do. I, I wasn't always a full-time pastor. I've only been doing this for a few years now. I was, a, I was in construction. And if you're in construction, well, you know that world. There's some, there's some, there's some rough dudes out there. <laughs> and, and they got a few favorite words that they love to put into every, after every other word that they say. <laughs> and and, and it, I love the opportunity that, that I had every day to get invited to the darkness of this world, of, of the construction world, and be able to stand for Christ and to be a light and stand up against some of those things, right? But then the, the moment we, I love that, the moment we, we start to do that, that's when the enemy says, wait, 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 now you're really starting to make a difference. So now, now I got to try to bring some discouragement against you, right? So that, that's, this is what they are doing. They're not just saying it. They're actually living it out. In First Peter, we see that it's, it's a book of hope. It's a book of encouragement. It's a call to persevere, no matter the struggle and how God uses the struggle to strengthen and purify us as his church. We saw that. It's a crazy thing that God does. It's a beautiful thing that God does. And Paul is, is kind of giving us a little bit of a charge. He's kind of saying, hey, man, if I can do it, you can do it. Come on, church. We can do this together. Right? So I'm, I'm going to, I may trip over this there once or twice, but I'm going to be all right. <laughs> How does Darren just stay when you just stay right here? <laughs> it's a bit of, man, if I could do it, you can do it. And so Peter was in Rome, a little bit of, of cultural context here. Peter was in, in Rome when he was writing this letter. And there was a great persecution, like I was, I was talking about, that was ramping up under Emperor Nero. He was the emperor at the time. And at the height of it, Christians would be tortured. And they'd be killed for their faith. The historian Tactus, Tacitus said, he said, who disliked Christians himself, he said this, he said, Nero burned Christians alive as torches to light his gardens at night. He would, feel, he would feed believers to live animals for public entertainment. This is, this is the persecution that, that actually would eventually take Peter's life. 
this persecution that he is, he's talking about, he's speaking to. So let's, let's jump into 1 Peter this morning. If you have your, 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 your Bible, you can turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to jump right in right at the, right at the top. Um, the version notes are available to you if you want to jump on that. And, and this is what the Word of God says. Excuse me, 1 Peter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect exiles scattered throughout the providence of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the God, our, God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We adore you, Lord. And as we delve into scripture, God, we just say yes. We just yield to you, Lord Spirit. Would you speak this morning? I, I admit my limits, God, and I admit, Lord, that I don't have the, the capabilities, Lord, to do what needs to be done this morning. So, Lord, I, I just ask right now in your presence, Lord, as it, it is tangibly here already through our worship, that you would move, God, that you would show us. Lord, that you would point out the things in our hearts that you want to work on, Lord. And to those things, we yield as your body, as your church, as your followers, God. We declare how much we need you. We declare how much we love you. And Lord, with, with that, Lord, we also declare that, that we are going to be vessels that you can mold and shape and, do, and use as you want to in the name of Jesus. And you agree with that. Come on, say amen this morning. Amen. So this, is, this has always been a, a, little, a bit of a controversial uh, passage of Scripture because of the verbiage that it uses, right? It, so, so we read right at the beginning, he, he, he used this word elect. And, and for some, this gives this, this premise. As, as you read throughout Scripture, you see this word elect happen often in, or, or in different places. And it gives us this, this, uh, this, this image, right, or this, this premise of, of predestination, um, of, of God or God's pre-election. And so there, there's a debate between uh, predestination and pre-election and, and free will. And I, I just kind of wanted to touch on this just for a little bit because I, I didn't want to just gloss over it because it's, it's just the truth. We, and let's talk about it, right? Um, I, I will admit right now I am no expert in, in this, but I, I've read scripture and, I, and I'm looking at scripture and this is, this is what, what I believe to be true. And so essentially... What, what predestination and election, the, it, what, what that premise is, is that God chooses some for eternal life. And you really don't have any say in it. Right? It's, it's, a, it's an already decided fact. There's, there's, not, there's nothing that you can do about that. And, and some of you may, may know this a bit. It's, it's some of Calvinism. Calvinism, that's kind of what, what they believe. And Oh, great. And then on the other side of that is, is free will, which, which we talk about often. Is like, hey, you have, you have the choice. You're free to say whatever you want to say. You're free to do whatever you want to do. You're, you're, you're free to live your life as you want to live it. Lord, we're seeing that. Amen. Yeah, we, we are seeing that in our day to day. Bless the Lord, which is another reason for the church to rise up. Amen. Listen, the Bible says this in Ephesians 1, uh, verse, verse 4 and 5. He says, for he chooses us in him before the creation. I'm sorry, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. John, John 6, 44 says that no one comes unless drawn by the father and the reality is god does choose us <laughs> like like that that is that is the truth he chooses us because if god never chose us who then who then are we to go before him 
Right? So, so let, let's just, I, want, I just want to make that premise, but we're not done yet. So God does choose us. He chose you and I. He loved us so much that he wanted to have a relationship with us. That's why he sent his son. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who, that what? That whosoever, that whosoever believe in him should not perish and have eternal life. That whosoever to me, that means everybody. That, mean, that means anybody to me. The Bible, the Bible says again in John 1, 11, it says he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. We see when Jesus Christ came, he came to the Jewish nation. He came to the, to, to the nation of Israel, and that's what he's talking about here. Verse 12 says, yet to all who did receive him, okay, to those who believed in his name, have, he has given the right to become children of God. I, I love this reality. I love this truth. I love this scripture for the, for the, for the beauty that it, that it contains. A little, a little, just a little caveat here. Listen, we are not all the children of God. Not everybody walking on this earth is a child of God. Now, we are all the creation of God. But there is a right that we have as people who have been called, the people who have yielded to the power of the cross. Amen? To be, we have given that right to be called children of God. And there's some, there's some beautiful things that come along with being children of God. Right? And there's, there's some persecution that comes along with being children of God. There, there's, a, there's a countercultural life that we're living right now. Right? And, and that's just because we abide by Scripture. We live according to what God has said. We're not establishing the truth. We're not, we're not establishing anything. We're just living by who, what God says to do. That's all we're doing. And so I love this beauty of Scripture. But the reality is, listen, the Father's love for us is so great. The Father's love for us is so marvelous that he has made a way for us to respond to his call and to choose him like he chooses us. Hence, we become the elect. That's, 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 that's what scripture tells me. And then he also uses another word. He calls, he calls them the exiles. And Peter is, is writing to the elect scattered throughout Asia, to just this, the northern parts of Asia. And, and he's speaking to Jews and he's speaking to Gentile believers. And he's encouraging them for the turbulence that has come and will only increase. Now, history has told us that. And so, so this word, but this, the, there's, there's, a, there's a beauty in this word, right? This, this exile or this, this stranger, it may be in, in your passage of Scripture. And, and it's, uh, I'm going I'm to give you the, the, the Hispanic version of, of this Greek word, right? So it's, it's uh, para, para pere mas. That's, that's my Spanish translation of Greek right there. <laughs> so it, what, what, what it simply means, is it means it's a resident foreigner, a pilgrim, a stranger. Listen to this. One who comes from a foreign country into a city or land to reside there by the side of the natives. We are not called to this world. We are called to a greater place. As believers of God, God calls us to lift our eyes. And as we'll, as we'll see in scripture, we, we don't work for the rewards on this earth. We work for the beauty that is to come. 
And God has called us to, to focus our eyes on, on those things. Hebrews eleven thirteen in the Amplified Version, it says this. All these died in faith. Speaking of the exiled, speaking of the, the, the remnant, uh, speaking, speaking of the elect. All these died in faith. Guided and sustained by it without receiving, listen, without receiving tangible fulfillment of God's promises. Only having seen or anticipated them and having welcomed them from a distance and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. These heroes of the faith, right? Hebrews chapter 11, that's what it's speaking about. They died without receiving all that God had promised them. But they never lost their vision of heaven. They never lost their vision of the ladder which is better. Of, of the ladder which was promised to come. They never lost their vision of a better country. A heavenly, eternal one. Even though they only saw it at a distance, they continued on. They're speaking of living a life of faith. The, there, there, are, there, are, there are many things that are promised to us. And, and some of those things, the, the, the fulfillment is going to be on the other side. The, of the things that God has promised to us. And Peter here was simply reminding the believers scattered across Asia, facing severe persecution. Hey, you are not of this world. There is a world that is waiting for you, so be faithful. You can do it. Persevere unto death. Persevere. And then sometimes we get frustrated and we get discouraged, and that's natural. We get angry and we get unforgiving. And we, th we throw pity parties sometimes. And we remind ourselves of the multiple limitations that we have. Church, we have to be better than that, right? Because sometimes the needs and the wants and the desires are our expectations and, and the demands that we have are not immediately met. And we have a skewed expectation of what it means to be a Christ follower at times. I pray that as we go through this, this chapter of 1 Peter, as we go through this book of 1 Peter, that, that God will begin to work out some of those things. I, I remember being in that very same place and, and, and thinking, man, God, what's, what's going on here? And God says, man, I, I, I got to tune, your, I gotta tune your, your, your TV screen up because you're seeing things that you ain't even supposed to be looking. You ain't seeing things like, like somebody painted this picture like it was supposed to be, and that's not really what it is. You, you have a false, a false view of what it is to serve me. I'm, I'm not a genie. <laughs> I love you, but I don't just give you everything you want. That's, that's, that's not what living a Christian life is. And there are some requirements that God has of me if I'm going to say that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. There, there are some, way, there's some manners in which he wants me to live. There are some manners in which he wants me to act. There are some manners in which he wants me to talk. There is a certain way that he has called me to be as a Christian, not just a pastor, but as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as one that is marked by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He said, listen, man, I didn't send my son so you can just live any way you want to because I have a greatness for you that you can't even see so this is who God is calling us to there is a, an abundant life that is waiting for you and it's waiting for me it's the promise of scripture but it may not be the abundant life that you've painted for yourself it may not be what you're thinking of 
But can I tell you this? It's better. It's, it's better. It's more than you could ever imagine and think. It is so much better. And, we just, and God is calling us to trust. And God is calling us to lift our eyes. And God is calling us to continue to be focused on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize. And continue to walk in diligence. Listen, don't quit. The best is yet to come. And that doesn't mean it's going to come this to tomorrow. That doesn't mean it's going to come next week. That doesn't mean it's going to come next month. That doesn't mean it's going to come next year. I don't know when it's going to come. But I know that God has promised better and it will come. Even if it's when I'm in front of him walking into the beauty and the glory of heaven, it will come. This, do- this doctrine set out in this letter are those which provide a motive for Christian living. That's why Peter is writing this letter. And, it, and if, if, if we peek here a bit at the end, it'll, it can sharpen up the, our view of looking through what First Peter, he's, what he's saying here in First Peter. The Bible says in First Peter 5.12, I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faith brother. Listen, my purpose in writing is to, grab this, encourage you. And assure you that what you are experiencing is truly a part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in this grace. The beauty of this word, grace. Stand firm in his grace. Charis is the, is, is what, is the, is the Greek uh, translation of it, which is that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness charm lovingness a grace of speech the, the, the Paul, peter is telling these people yeah you know what persecution is coming yeah they may burn you on a cross yeah they may light you on fire so that you can light up his garden they may do these things but listen you can abide in grace that sounds crazy <laughs> that's like wait wait a minute how how can you find how, how do you find grace in that kind of suffering how do you find grace in death you find grace in that kind of suffering you find grace in that kind of persecution you find grace in that kind of death when your eyes are set on the afterlife when your eyes are set on the attorney that we're going to spend with our god that's how you find grace in that I mean, I mean if, if, we, if we live our lives for the 80, and, and if God blesses us enough 90 plus years that, we'll, that we're going to live on this earth, how do you begin to even compare that to the eternity that we're going to spend with him in heaven? And the reality that you are going to go one of two places. There is, there, there, there's, there are two, there, there's a God and there is a devil and they're fighting for your eternal place. The reality is you, each and every one of us in this room, we, are, we have eternal life. Simply, the, the question is simply a matter of where you're going to spend it. And God is saying, if you keep your eyes on me, if you keep your eyes on glory, if you keep your eyes on what I'm doing, listen, there is a grace that you can abide in no matter what's going on. Church, I have found that grace. I have found the beauty of that grace. Was it easy? No. <laughs> is it always fun? No. Is it hard sometimes? Absolutely. Is it, is it more than I can handle? Yes. Absolutely. Will it, will, can you do it? Yes. You can do it. We all can do it when we keep our eyes on God. 
when, when, we, when we live lives that are dedicated to him, when we live lives that, that, we, that, that we make sure that we're in his scripture, that we're reading his word, that we're praying, that we're connected to him, that we're available. Like often we, we were talking in one of our, our way groups and one of the questions was, and we're talking a little bit about this and talking about being available. And, 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 and one of the brothers said, what does that look like? How do you, how do you live life? How do, how do I go to work and take care of all the things that I got to take care of and do all the business that I got to do and, and all the responses that I have? How do I do all that and, and, and still stay, keep my mind, the scripture says, stayed on him? How does that happen? And, and so I, I thought about that. And, and I, I feel like the, the Holy Spirit gave this to me. And he just simply said, you, you're just available. You're just, you're just available. You, 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 you aren't so busy that you can't be interrupted by the Holy Spirit. Right? So, so we, we go throughout our day. We wake up in the morning. Man, the first thing I do, and I encourage you to do it, I say, man, I wake up, I say, Lord, thank you for another day. I praise you, God, however you want to do it. But the, listen, God wakes us up every morning for purpose. God wakes us up every morning for a reason. There's something that God wants us to do. What is it? I have no idea, but I just got to make sure that I'm available to him. And when I feel the Holy Spirit calling me and giving me that nudge to go say hi to somebody, to go give somebody a hug, to go just recognize somebody, to do whatever he's called me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, I've decided in my mind that I'm going to put aside whatever I have going on, and I'm going to abide by what the Holy Spirit is. Like, but, but Pastor, you don't understand, man. I'm busy. I have a lot of things to do. There's, there's times where I can't just stop what I'm doing. Listen, if you trust that the Holy Spirit is calling you to do that, I trust that he's going to expand your time and expand what you're doing and take care of what you need to get done at work. Do you believe that? So church, let's just be available. When the Holy Spirit calls us, when the Holy Spirit tugs at our hearts, when the Holy Spirit says, hey, just go smile at that person. Hey, just go shake his hand. Hey, just go shake her hand. Hey, just go tell her good morning. Just go to ask her how she's doing. Let's just do it. <laughs> let's just be a church that says, you know what? Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to do it. Like, I I'm not even going to think twice about it. And you know what? Will we get it wrong? Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> we, will we get sometimes? Yeah, we probably will get it wrong sometimes. I've gotten it wrong sometimes because I just want to go talk to people. So I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me, go talk to people. I go to a person, and the person is looking at me like, man, what are you doing? I'm just like, hey, God bless you. <laughs> He's like, man, get away from me. <laughs> and, and, and I got it wrong, but hey, if anything else, I made him smile. <laughs> if, if anything else, I brightened up somebody's day. But, and, but we'll never know how God will take the smallest things that he asks of us. And save somebody's life. And change somebody's life. Because we don't know what they're asking for. And so this is, this is what Peter is telling, talking to this body, of, this body of believers. He's like, man, come on. Keep the faith. Listen, nobody, nobody's trying to kill us. Nobody's trying to burn us on some cross. Nobody's trying to light us on fire so that we can light up their garden. They're, they're, we, we can do this, church. We can be a body of Christ. So Peter is here just reminding these new believers of what they've chosen. He's reminding them and encouraging them that difficult times, they cause believers to question sometimes. They cause us to, to think about, maybe, maybe to reevaluate our life choices. We are no different from this elect that has been scattered all across Asia. He recognizes the persecution coming for them. And, that he, and he has to come. He has to understand. He has to give them a warning because we see in Peter's life, he's walked through some of these things. He's seen it. He's lived it. He's understood it. And he, he understands that they have an unpreparedness for what is coming. And so he's trying to prepare them. He, Peter, having walked with Christ, is full 
fully aware of this kind of persecution. And who better to write this encouraging letter? And I, I love this. I, I can relate with Peter. Because this, this is not really, the first Peter is not about theology, right? The, Paul, Paul is writing about theology in, in Galatians and in Ephesians. He's, in Rome, he's writing about the theology. Timothy is writing, Peter's just a fisherman. Man, I'm just telling you, I was with God, and I'm just trying to tell you what's happened. I can relate to him. I'm just, I'm just a dumb carpenter that God has called to preach his word. And I'm telling you, man, I, I've spent some time with Jesus, and he's done some things in my life. And I just want to tell you how good he is and how faithful he is and how true he is to what he says. But you got to understand what he says, and you got to be connected to the spirit of God so that you can receive from him, church. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So, man, I'm excited about what this is. Come on, let's keep going. we got, we got a little bit of time here. First Peter, uh, we're picking up in verse 3, in the Amplified Version. The Bible says this. Blessed, gratefully praised and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is, to be reborn from above. It's a spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. I love that. To an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Born anew into an inheritance which is imperishable. Man, if you don't have that online, underline that in your scripture. Born anew into an inheritance which is imperishable. Beyond the reach of change. Listen to that. And undefiled, undefiled and unfading reserved in heaven for you. This is our promise that Jesus has given us. He's writing these things out. He's encouraging these believers. Listen, don't look at the circumstances and situations happen. He's not telling them to ignore it. He's not telling them to just, just ignore it. it it's gonna, it, it, you just don't pay any attention to it. No, he's saying, say, hey, you recognize it. Obviously, right? We're living in life. We have to recognize what's happening to us. We don't get in our car and close our eyes and just drive. We look at where we're going. But God is saying, hey, don't let that consume you. Don't let, don't let the reality of what's in front of you consume you to the fact that, to, to the point that causes you to begin to doubt who God has called you to be. God has called you to greater. God has God not left you. God is with you. I feel like somebody needs to hear that this morning. God has not left you. God is with you. God is for you. God is not against you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. And he's calling you into a deeper relationship with him. Because he has some things for you that are going to blow your mind if we would yield to him and just say yes to him. Yes, God, I'll do it. I don't, I don't know how to do it, but I'll do it. I don't know what you're going to ask me to do, but I'll say yes to it. I'll just say yes, Lord. This is who God is calling us. Calling, uh, this is what he's calling out of us. Let's keep going. Verse 5, who are being, right? So, so we said it's reserved in heaven for you who are being protected and shielded, listen, by the power of God through your faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. You are being protected and shielded by the power of God. That's what, that's what we call walking in his will, being obedient in the will of God. Laying down our lives, laying down our agendas, laying down all the things that, that we want to do, even our plans and our dreams and all the things that we desire. We're laying those things at the foot of the cross and say, God, you sift them. God, you glean those things. God, you pull out 
Where you, Because I want to be above everything else. I want to be where you've called me to be. I want to do what you've called me because my eyes and my vision and my life is dedicated to the, the eternity that I'm going to live with you. And I want to please you in this life. Verse 6 says, in this you rejoice greatly, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Verse 7 says this, so that the genuineness of your faith which is more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested and purified by fire, may be found to result in your praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith is, what, is, is what's more precious than gold. Your, your faith is what is what is going to last throughout eternity. There's nothing that we can gain or accomplish in this world of material value, of material possession that will ever give us more or ever amount to anything more than a life lived in faith. And this is what God is telling us. Prioritize your life. Reevaluate what God is, reevaluate the priorities in your life because the enemy, he is slick <laughs> and he comes in, he comes in very sly. We give him an inch, he'll take a foot and he, and he comes and he starts to mess with us. And sometimes we, I, I'm, listen, I'm up here preaching and I'm, I'm with you. We got, I got to check my lifestyle. I got to check my habits. I got to, I got to check my, my priority list. I got to check and evaluate what I'm doing and make sure that I'm prioritizing God because I'm human just like you. I get tired just like you. I get worn out just like you. I get frustrated like you. I get worried sometimes like you. I, I have angst like you. We, I, we deal with these things and this is just a part of life. And so this is why God is saying, man, be with me, stay with me, be connected to me and let me walk with you and help you so that the genuine of your faith, which is much more precious than gold which is perishable even though tested and purified by fire may be found to result in your praise in your glory your honor at the revelation of jesus christ verse 8 says through you though you have not seen though you have not seen him you love him and though you do not you do not see him now you believe and trust in him and you greatly rejoice in delight with inexpressible and glorious joy we have not seen God but we believe him Can you do you remember do you remember that moment maybe for you and, and maybe you haven't yet but you remember that moment you said yes to God where, where you you were wherever you were at and you, and you said yes to him there was there the moment you laid down your life that moment you said oh god i whatever whatever it may have been however it may have been whether you were frustrated whether you were top whether you were bottom most of the time it's because we hit bottom <laughs> and that's just the reality but there there is just a freedom that god does there's a beauty that, that he speaks about he says take my yoke upon you for it is easy and it is light and we experience that that release we experience that unburdening of all the things that we're carrying when we come to the cross and we give it all to him. And he begins to, he just, in that moment, he fills us with hope. He fills us with peace and he just breathes this life in us. And you can just feel yourself being filled up. You remember that moment. The weight of the world and worry just, just removed from your soul, shoulders. And there was, there was just this innocent dependence that you walked out of that place with like, man, this is amazing. This is so great. I can conquer the world right now. 
clothed, your, you clothed yourself with it. It's a beauty about it. You were a child of Christ. Everything was in front of you. But life happens from, from that moment to, to today, to this moment right now, life happens. There have been, been a few things that happened to you, maybe a few things that, are, that were wrong, a few things that, that, that turned your, your, your vision a bit, a few bumps, a few bruises, maybe, maybe a few wrong turns that you made your, on your own. You went down the wrong way, you went down the wrong path. Maybe, maybe a bit of malicious talk, maybe, maybe a bit of betrayal about you or maybe from you but you made it out of those things you're here now or maybe maybe you're still in it this morning what peter is saying here is that god he wants to use all these things as a refining process it's the beauty of his work it's the beauty of his power it's the beauty of his authority he wants to use these things to refine you, to use these things in your life, to burn away some of the impurities, to help you to recognize some of the reasons, maybe why you made the choice that you made, to walk with you through that, to lift you up. Because if we truly believe what Romans 8 says, right? And let's read that. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. A lot of times we stop right there. But come on, let's read the next two verses because it says, for God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many Brothers and sisters, all having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing. He gave them righteousness with himself. And having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. Adrian, you guys come up and help me as we close out today. God is calling us to walk in faith. We just read here, like most of the time we say, hey, God, God works all things out for the good for those who love him, right? And that's a true statement. But, but sometimes we miss those, that second, those last two verses, which, which tells us that if Jesus went through these things, how then do we think we would never? If Jesus being the son of God came to this earth and suffered the way he suffered because he stood against culture, he stood for what Christ called what what christ says is right right that's what he did he stood for who christ what who christ is he stood for what god is and that in itself that's just that's just counter to the world it's counter to who we are naturally so if it's counter to us personally who we are then it's counter to to the world itself god's promise is to use every situation for the good not to rescue us from it Sometimes we, but we must remain in him. If his plan was to rescue us from situations, then he would have rescued Christ from the cross. When Christ came into the garden of Gethsemane, we read that, right? And the Lord said, Lord, if there is any way possible, let this cup pass from me. If, if God's plan was to rescue you from everything, every hard thing that you have to walk with, he would have rescued his son in that moment. Who, who, uh, who else would he, would he would have rescued if not his son? But God says, I want to walk with you through these things. God would have multiple cups to exchange at any given moment when we cry out and we say, God, it's too much. God, it's too heavy. 
I want you, I want you to listen. I want you to read through 1 Peter yourself in the former posture, in the posture of a new believer, in the reality that, God, you are forming not against me. God, you love me because we are exiles. We are in a foreign land. We are not from this world, but the spirit within us longs to be with the Father. We often hear that Jesus died for our sins so, so we don't have to, and that's 100% correct. But although we no longer have to die because of our sin, we must die from our sin. From the, from the, from the desires of this, this thing that's in our heart. <laughs> the world will tell you, hey, just follow your heart. Hey, just, just do what your heart says. Yeah, this, this deceitful, lying, selfish, controlling, fist-sized pump in my chest. Yeah, I, I should follow that. There, there are some pastors that have, that have said something like that, and they follow that up by, how's that going for you? <laughs> no, we don't follow our heart. We don't follow feelings. We follow the truth. We follow Christ. Feelings are fleeting feelings follow they don't lead Christ leads our heart the spirit leads us the spirit guides us we cannot with Christ like conscious believe that after turning away from the world to the complete work of the cross to, that rescues us from sin that then I can return to the things that Jesus saved me from it's like it's like being saved in a, in a storm, being rescued by, by, by the Coast Guard, being pulled out by the helicopter of the turbulent waters and saying thank you and then jumping right back in. <laughs> Church, there is, there is a great Redeemer. There is a great Redeemer that has a plan for us. And His plan is for us to succeed. But we must trust him. We must keep our eyes on him. We have to keep our faith in him. We have to keep ourselves devoted to him. 